there was a big need always that need was there in certain verticals people who had money and resources they were able to do it now it is more accessible because of the the liberal policies that are coming across the world in terms of granting access to spectrum for enterprise purposes in us we have cbrs in in other countries uh, the government is releasing more spectrum for enterprise use and that is what has really opened up the market um, in terms of because that was a big big cost uh, for anyone to actually leverage cellular technology in their private network Transformative technologies are empowering enterprises to progress into the digital age and are fueling the growth of industries across the globe. Welcome to GXC Meshup, a podcast that discusses private 5G, edge computing, data access and management, and many more emerging technologies that will transform your business. We discuss use cases like robotic surgery, supply chain tracking, factory automation, and the security necessary for the billions of devices that will drive the fourth industrial revolution. Collaboration is at the heart of this next technological revolution. So join your hosts, the team at GXC, including Marco Hernandez, business development specialist, Sarah Evans, commercial marketing specialist, and myself, Ben Postuma, the head of product development, as we talk with experts about the technology we are all collectively building to deliver true digital transformation to ensure organizational success far into the future. Good morning, everyone. My name is Marco Hernandez with the GXC Meshup. We're joined by Ashish Jain. Uh, it's my pleasure to really speak to you. Why don't you give us a, an introduction, Ashish? Hey, thanks. Thanks, Marco, for uh, inviting me to this discussion. Quick, uh, a quick intro for me. Uh, been in the telecom sector for nearly 20 years now, and uh, I'm an engineer at heart, which means I like to solve problems. And uh, the problem space that enticed me most is the misalignment between product sales and marketing activities. And uh, as you can, uh, I'm sure you will acknowledge that there are a lot of technology jargons out there. And while we live and breathe in it every day, our customers don't. I always held an opinion that it is our job to make it simple for them to understand the value technology brings to their business. And uh, that's what drove me to start a company called Kairos Pulse. Uh, we aim to connect the dots for our customers and their customers uh, through strategic uh, consulting and advice for them. And the same reason motivated us to create a neutral voice in the market in the field of private LT and 5G, which is such an emerging market. Uh, so privateltn5g.com is a publication focused on all things private wireless networks. And we intend to provide a lot of industry insights on it, what's going on, what deployments are happening, um, what are the important resources that enterprise should be using in terms of understanding how to use it and um, just get the discussion going in terms of how this particular market is progressing. Absolutely. And, you know, for, from us on the, on, at least from the GXC side, it's still something that the value of and how you articulate the value of you know what you're going to get out of a private network or a private 5G network and whatnot is still something that is uh, new from what we we see from our perspective and CIOs and IT departments and whatnot are still wrapping their heads around what you know is is the potential of of this new technology and whatnot. So where do you think that the private cellular networks and, and private wireless and CBRS are currently at in the technology adoption lifecycle? So I think. 
from a technology adoption i mean i would say still early days i mean i would always say i mean this is um, uh, from an adoption curve perspective we are still talking less than 1000 private network deployments globally which is not a huge number um but if you look at uh, 1000 deployments they're all really marquee deployments and and a lot of them are near really I mean, still getting up in terms of understanding what the technology can do for their business a lot of these are test beds they're not fully deployed uh, at a scale that you know wifi has reached at this point so it's real really early days and to your point earlier i mean a lot of um, enterprise leaders are still trying to figure out what this technology can do for their business and whether or not they need it and and if so how and when they need it so it's early days definitely but it has gained a tremendous momentum in the market i would say in the last couple of years uh there's a lot of deployments like i said across across industry verticals um with be it manufacturing uh, ports healthcare education uh, you name it um so there is there is a decent interest in the market um industry in my view is uh, is getting a, a taste of it and i i hope the technology prove its mantle in it will find uh, the growth and momentum that everyone is expecting it to deliver so what do you what do you think is starting to drive some of that adoption you know or or i guess what is what has been kind of slowing the adoption at this point uh you know i guess this those are two different ways to ask the same question no absolutely uh, i think see at the end of the day when you look at enterprises or for any for that matter any business they're not sitting in their boardrooms thinking hey i need a 5g network they're looking at how do i solve their business challenges right how do they solve their business challenges and every vertical is different from that perspective if you particularly look into industrial settings uh, factors that are driving an adoption of technology like this and still i would say technology like this because it's still not in their boardroom discussion hey go start you know buying and then start inviting people for private 5g or private lte for that matter they're looking at you know how their business has shifted over the last couple of years and what do they need how do they invest in technology that will sustain them in the long run how do they automate their business processes how do they bring in technology that will help them drive more efficiencies or reduce their cost right so and and the last couple of years definitely had been a very what i call it a rude awakening of how they need to really operate because you know because of covid definitely the digital transformation or digital acceleration digital transformation has accelerated tremendously because remote working has become part of life and everything has to be thought through very differently in the last couple of years that definitely is the case but at the same time that has accelerated but that doesn't mean that is the only reason why people are investing in it now but at the same time i would still say they're still not thinking network right from their perspective the factors that are you know driving the adoption um are in lines of you know if we talk about manufacturing for that matter they need to start thinking about flexible manufacturing right which means i cannot have a very static setup of my infrastructure that can only do two or three things that you know they've thought through 10 years ago they need to have a modular infrastructure 
that they can mix and match and start adopting newer technologies, newer products more quickly. That, that you know, also lends itself into mass personalization. That the vendors, the manufacturers are no longer just OEMs. Some, some of them are opening direct-to-customer channels through their websites, mobile apps, whatnot. And they're allowing customers to basically build to order products. They're changing, they're changing their distribution centers, right? Once they controlled all the logistics centers and warehouses are now becoming micro distribution centers. I mean, through the COVID time period, a lot of retail outlets were just sitting, nobody was coming in those stores, right? So how do they leverage that space to become more efficient? So these retail outlets became micro distribution centers for them. They're investing and thinking about how do they automate certain functions within their business processes that do not have heavy dependency of human power. Things like, you know, checking out uh, whether the building has all the fire extinguishers at the right place, checking out, um, you know, mundane tasks that were once done by a lot of people. They're investing in robotic technologies, investing in uh, video cameras that are more smarter and actually look into the conveyor belts of uh, identifying any immediate faults within a product versus having, you know, 100 people sitting and picking up products that way. So there's a lot of digitalization happening within these businesses. And, and that's just one sector. You know, you look at agriculture, there's equal level of digitalization happening there, healthcare, education, all of them, they have their own respective use cases that are driving them to think differently. And when they are thinking differently, ultimately, the underlying infrastructure network plays a big role in that underlying infrastructure, right? So now the question becomes, whether what they have been using up until now, whether it was Wi-Fi, whether it was, you know, they've invested in DAS systems to extend in building coverage of public cellular networks, or they have, you know, procured or owned certain industries actually had their own spectrums like so utility. Um, how do they better leverage the assets they have? What new things they need and how they need to reconstruct their network to support this level of digitalization that they're going to invest in the future. So that is what is driving, I believe, uh, a lot of these trials and see whether this technology can help them. Um, that's why we see a lot of these, you know, uh, test bed systems, right? Now, not like production systems as such. But, and, and to your answer, your question, that is what is slowing it down as well, because this is an investment for a good next many years to come. So for them, it is business critical. It is mission critical for them. So they can't just, you know, say, hey, Wi-Fi is a mature technology. Let's just, you know, it's not just, hey, I have Wi-Fi 6 now. Let's just replace all our access points with Wi-Fi 6. It's a completely new network. It's a completely new operational model. They don't have the skill sets um, in-house to do this. So who are the right partners to bring in to do this for them? And what do you do when you you know, invest anything in from your own infrastructure perspective, you first try it out, right? Even when we go for ice cream, we try ice cream first, right? And figure out which flavor, which flavor we like. And then we say, okay, I want this one, two scoops, right? That's what is going on. And that is what is slowing down. Great analogy. I think it is happening enough in the market that the confidence level uh, in the industry has definitely risen. It's much more. And, you know, 
that's why there are a lot of many players coming in this market. They see a potential. They see that enterprises will need this ultimately. So what? So if I can summarize, kind of what you, you're you're saying here is that due to the current circumstances that we have been through, you know, over the past few years, such as COVID, supply demand, uh, the supply chain issues that we've been facing, uh, CIOs and management are essentially coming up with new strategies on how they can uh, improve their operational. Uh, you know, workflows and whatnot, their IT workflows and whatnot uh, associated with that, how they can integrate um, machines and create more distributed networks and whatnot throughout their organization. Uh, and a tactic or a, a tool that can answer some of those questions is looking into things such as private networks and private cellular networks uh, is kind of what I'm understanding what you're saying here. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say something, right? If you ask any CIO, that you would need a private network. I mean, they, they'll roll, eyes, roll their eyes and say, our network, our network had always been private. What yes. are you talking about? Yes. Right? So it, this whole concept of private network is not, an, is not new to enterprises, by the way. Right? It is a new concept for the cellular operators. Yes. So this whole idea of private network is something with, I mean, enterprises will always need a private network, whether it's a Wi-Fi based private network, whether it's an Ethernet, Ethernet or fiber based private network. And now we're talking about cellular network. So it is really a question of whether they need a private cellular network. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Articulating that uh, in a manner that resonates with them is especially um, because they'll, you know, much of the pushback that that you'll get is we have a wife, we have Wi-Fi. Why would we need, you know, a private wireless or a private cellular network? You know, what benefits is that going to give us? And then, you know, so it needs to be articulated in a form of of what are these specific use cases or the problems that it's going to be solving? Because there is a point of reference that these people have, and that's I, I have Wi-Fi, and this can, this can allow my organization to communicate. Um, I have all my applications and whatnot connected to it. And so there is still seems like there's um, an education level that needs to be reached within the marketplace entirely. And it seems like we are progressing towards that at this moment. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I will say, right, even for that matter, private cellular is not new in the industry. It was just not feasible before as broadly as it is now. And so how, how so? so? What was the issue with it? So, uh, I mean, if you look at private LTE network, I mean, I can just make any network private, right? I mean, uh, there are public Wi-Fi hotspots. There are Wi-Fi that sits in our home. And then there's Wi-Fi that goes in our enterprise. So same technology works three different ways. I, same thing with private LTE. I, private LTE, I could have just implemented the way cellular operators had been implementing if I had enough money and resources to do it. It's always a question of money and resources, right? The underlying problem was the access to cellular technologies, especially the spectrum, was very limited. And that access to spectrum was only only available to major, majorly operators. Having said that, there had been spectrum allocated in the past, like I said, 700 megahertz spectrum for utility industries. Um, there had been 2.5 gigahertz spectrum allocated to education uh, sector. And there's, there's, there's been spectrum allocation, but the whole ecosystem around that was not as big to support them. Plus the cost of implementing that was was high. So there was... And some of these industries, some of the verticals, some of the some of custom, some of these customers or enterprises have actually done it because they did see a, re, a need for a, a cellular network, primarily from a mobility standpoint. 
uh, wherever they have a lot of moving parts in the facilities where there's a lot of indoor outdoor you know transitions they cannot just do it with wi-fi so there was a big need always that need was there in certain verticals people who had money and resources they were able to do it now it is more accessible because of the the liberal policies that are coming across the world in terms of granting access to spectrum for enterprise purposes in us we have cbrs in in other countries uh, the government is releasing more spectrum for enterprise use and that is what has really opened up the market um, in terms of because that was a big big cost uh, for anyone to actually leverage cellular technology in their private network Yes, agreed. And now there is um, so so. How about some of the issues uh, surrounding coexistence or anything like that? Uh, is that something that you're seeing maybe an issue for some some enterprises, or do you think you know that can be just resolved with uh, such as like a, a PAL license or something like that? So when you say coexistence, coexistence of Wi-Fi and cellular, or coexistence no, of I would say several different enterprises nearby using their own CBRS private wireless network so i think that 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 level of coexistence had been planned i would say since day one of this shared spectrum strategy using sas uh, providers so they are major majorly responsible for making sure uh it's a multi-tenant network and that sas system is designed in such a way to make sure um the access to spectrum is completely moderated through these through these platforms, there are a number of companies, Amdocs, Federated Wireless, there's, and, and, and several others who are in this business of providing the SaaS capabilities. So that is a fundamental aspect of shared spectrum. Now, this whole idea of shared spectrum is a concept within US, but if you go internationally, they're not necessarily using shared spectrum, but they are. the government there is allocating certain spectrum bands uh, specific for industrial use. So they don't necessarily have a sharing issue. The sharing aspect comes only when you're using CBRS spectrum, which is a U.S. concept at this point, at least. Interesting. Now, earlier you mentioned uh, the importance of, of mobility and how private cellular can uh, be a great solution for that. That's something that that we see on our end. I was hoping to see if you could, you know, maybe um, <clears throat> talk about that a little bit more and expand upon why uh, private cellular is a good option for any mobile applications uh, as opposed to Wi-Fi? I think the, the main, there are two main aspects of mobility. One is how far you can cover, your, how far the radio can cover, the distance the radio can cover, the coverage basically what it says. Um, normally Wi-Fi access points do not have that wide of a coverage versus a cellular access point. Let's compare it that way. Uh, which means if you want to extend the coverage, you are going to need more Wi-Fi access point sites, which means every access point site is an additional cost. Besides, you know, you will repeat and the signal quality and the strength and reliability will reduce accordingly. So overall coverage of a cellular network is wider, and both for indoor and outdoor. Um, and then the second aspect is the mobility. The mo- cellular networks are designed with mobility in mind. I mean, we use um, our cell phones in fast moving trains we use it in our cars the handover technology that is natively built within cellular infrastructure is so robust that it's just that the, the kind of mobility that cellular network provides wi-fi cannot provide so when you're moving from one wi-fi access point to another it's a handover happening and um, 
wife cellular is just much much more robust to support that level of mobility so when you're talking about industrial use cases for example right so let's talk about you know your agvs or robots that are moving across the shop floor and as they are moving they have you know they have to stay connected all the time if it was fundamentally leveraging on Wi-Fi, the reliability issues, I mean, especially that is mission critical. You don't want that AGV to stop in between or crash into another machine or another door. You want to make sure it is always connected with the most reliable connectivity option. And at this point, that is cellular. Likewise, you know, when you're using, you know, several industries are using drones outdoor for, uh, you know, detecting oil spills and, you know, oil refineries. They're using drones in, you know, for smart agriculture to identify, uh, you know, how the, you know, if there are any problems on their field. So all that, you know, for a drone to be connected all the time through a through a wireless network, cellular is a much better technology than Wi-Fi. I see. Yeah. So it's built into the protocols. When you're driving down the street, uh, you know, your call is not dropping and whatnot. Those are some of the the the, the fundamental aspects that make. Uh, you know, uh, private wireless, the wireless protocols, a better solution for anything that's going to be, you know, mob- mobile within an organization, within a shore, uh, uh, within a shop, and also something that's going to be perhaps coming into the shop from outdoors or, or, or vice versa. Uh, it's a great use case for it. Exactly. Well, we discussed, uh, you know, briefly, there is an enormous amount of, of different companies unveiling, uh, quote unquote, private uh, cellular products, such as I know Amazon is releasing one, uh, Google, um, there's there's Salona, there's many different companies here that are, are, are creating uh, private wireless products and solutions. What is some advice that you could give new entrants uh, into this into the space on how they can kind of boost their profile and make it so that they are can be visible or, or you know, stand out from other competition? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there there are a lot of companies coming in, but I, I categorize them in three different ways. The kind of companies that are coming out are their technology companies that are coming out with a lot of innovative products. Um, there are companies that are coming out with a turnkey solution. Uh, we could call it network as a service with, you know, different business models. And then I also see um, service providers are shifting and becoming consultative uh, network as a service providers than just selling uh, their public cellular networks into the market. And when I say network as a service, there's a whole category of MSPs, SI, and you've named a few within those. At the end of the day, as I said earlier, you're targeting an enterprise market, which is extremely outcome-driven industry. And instead of trying to talk about private networks or private 5G, talk about the business use cases, the business outcomes, uh, and how your set of technology, and it doesn't always have to be just private 5G or private 4G, you know, you need to make sure you're, you're, you have an understanding of how this particular networking stack, uh, whether you're using Wi-Fi or 5G or 4G or something else, uh, integrates into their business operation. And biggest challenge right now I see from an enterprise perspective is how does this new network integrate into their IT and OT operation technology systems? And unless that problem is solved, the adoption will continue to, you know, slack. Um, so it's, you're getting into the market um, don't talk about technology, talk about business outcomes. That's all I would say. 
Great advice. Great advice. And do you see a world in which private cellular just completely replaces Wi-Fi or do you see them coexisting together? I think that debate is just unreal of Wi-Fi versus private 5G. They will always coexist and um, they are very complementary. There is not a single technology that solves every process problem. There are many use cases where Wi-Fi does a great job and it will continue to do a great job. In fact, um, with you know Wi-Fi consortium is also not sitting idle, right? They continue to innovate and improve the technology. Wi-Fi six and a tremendously better technology than the previous generations, so they will continue to improve. And I think that debate is pretty. I mean, is in fact over, right? Now look at Cisco, HP. They're all getting into private networks market. They're selling you know joint you know integrated solution. I mean. I think that they will coexist. I think 5G by definition, if you look at the way 5G was defined, it was never a cellular technology, by the way. 5G, the way it was originally envisioned was it's a heterogeneous network technology. So it would basically provide an over, um, overarching umbrella of a wireless network and agnostic to an underlying access technology. So it could be Wi-Fi, cellular or something else. Interesting. So using it as a backhaul? Essentially, for 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 everyone. could be backhaul. It could be. It's. I think it's the operationally. How do you manage the entire network? And I think we we we're not we're not there yet. And I think that's, you know, you ask about you know advice for vendors. I would say this is another area. Don't look into siloed networks because you know you will only solve one or two problems. Look at heterogeneous networks. Look at network agnostic way of solving the business problems because. At the end of the day, the CIO will not care if you offer 5G or 4G or 6G or Wi-Fi. They'll say, I need my network to operate in a certain way every time. What do you need from me? And companies who are going to be able to solve that problem for them are the ones who are going to survive. That's fantastic advice. Fantastic advice from a person that, that uh, an organization that helps startups and new companies or any other organization uh, understand their value proposition, how to articulate it better and all that kind of stuff. So she says, is there, in closing thoughts, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to say about yourself or your organization? Um, no, I think there's, like I said, there's a lot of great momentum. Uh, definitely, um, you know, we work with a lot of uh MSPs, vendors, uh, in terms of, like you said, helping them articulate their value proposition, refine their value proposition, what connects, what doesn't work from an enterprise perspective. So we do a lot of that. If anybody needs that kind of help, absolutely can support it. But regardless, do check out privateltee and 5g.com. It's, it's, it's a great resource for anyone who wants to track what is happening in the market. We have, I mean, we basically post Every time we see a new deployment on private LTE and 5G, uh, it's it's on that site. There's tons of valuable resources you can access. I regularly write on it, and so is my team. So very good resource for you to check out. And if you haven't, please do subscribe to its newsletter, and you'll get regular updates. That's wonderful. Well, Ashish, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, and we look forward to, to being in touch and uh, you know seeing what you have to tell and, uh, you know, going from there, it's, it's very exciting times. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you all for joining this fantastic discussion. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting and informational guests here on GXE Meshup.